This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. It is Kyle talking, Reese is with me sitting there on the really cool fucking leather couch. What's going on guys, nice to be here uh, and excited to be here on a more regular basis. Reese is, we are going to step the, the, the game up, um, so we, we've got you know, potentially a podcast studio coming and um, we're going to be going ham, uh, it seems to be a medium that you guys are enjoying, so First of all, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for clicking the subscribe button and downloading the podcast every single week. That's a little fucking plug, if you ask me. No, no, there's plug. No, just a reminder. Click the button. <laughs> um, so, really cool episode coming up today for you guys. Me and Reese, well, mainly Reese, talks about he le- how he leverages um, technology in his fitness business. So, some insight into how fucking deep he goes and how critically he thinks about technology, uh, his product, his brand, everything. Um, so some massive insights there. But we also talk about, um, uh, we kind of go through pre-purchase, purchase, post-purchase, how you can leverage technology in each of those. How um, to understand your competition. Yeah, how to understand your product, how it all filters in together. But the main kind of consensus here is like making sure that, first of all, you guys actually value technology. Like it's a part of this world and is accelerating quickly and, it's going to be a part of the next 10 to fucking Ever. five to 10 years. Yeah. And it's, you know, the rate of um, technology is compounding extremely quickly, which means it's going to, you know, it's sink or die. You're either going to adapt now or um, you're going to be left behind, you know, and, and that's not something that we want for you guys. It's not something that you should want for yourself. Okay. So the importance of technology, really, really important. Um, but more importantly here, we deep dive into how you can use it. Um, effectively and, and kind of it, how it can open up a lot of doors for you in terms of tracking meaningful data, creating kind of key insights, creating breakthroughs and um, how strategic assets can, you know, often become even more valuable by the and by using and inf- kind of influencing how we create them. Uh, so, as I said, fucking cool episode. If you enjoy it, um, you know, Feel free to share it with your friends and, and do all that stuff because, as I said, we do appreciate it. Oh, do we? So, we yeah. are we're in a bit of a quiet phase at the moment, which is it's not something we're used to. Last year, I think we fucking courses had, coming out everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we had like a week. I think we we never went longer than a week without a course, which was pretty wild. So, um, but we have something really exciting coming up, which is our new ten week course, the Diploma of Fitness Business. Um, it's a 10-week course that includes video lessons, fucking live lectures, all the works, case study sprints, fucking, you know, it's going to be huge. But basically what it does is it takes people through the first two levels of business that we teach, which is stability and growth. And, you know, stability really for us is like creating a nervous system for your business. It's kind of creating this, uh, I guess, a reflex, I like to call it, of pretty much what not to do, you know, how to stop making the, these fate potentially... Um, fatal mistakes that are costing you time and money and, and building that out and it includes um, cash flow brand product you know business intelligence which we go in today a lot as well and then growth right like growth is one of those really interesting things we're not just talking about the growth of your business we're talking about the growth of you as a, as a business owner and 
the role that plays in your journey you know one's confidence in their ability to run a business plays a fucking huge role in their ability to actually grow their business you know if you're not confident and making moves and you don't have the knowledge there to build that confidence and and that self-esteem then a lot of the time you're going to struggle so you know this course is something that will build that confidence in you uh, and it'll also build the business you know your business as well so it's it's really exciting it will just allow you mostly more than anything to understand the insights within your own business that will be able to set you up for a longer term success um, and I'm not sure if this is up, but I'm going to put Kyle on the spot. We'll probably have up some sort of pre-registration up very soon for those interested. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and I think that's pretty much what we're doing at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. So we're gearing everything towards that. It's new. It's, it's, uh, it's something we want to put a lot of effort into because we think it's the best product that we've produced so far um, in terms of our courses and, and it's intensive. So it's going to go for 10 weeks, which is a bit different to what we usually do. So um you know, if you, as I said, it's, it's for, it's, it's going to be fucking epic. Um, we're really pumped about it. Uh, registrations are about a week away. So the 9th of February, um, the launch will be happening on our brand new website, which is going to be fucking cool as well. So we're not going to bother you anymore with the, the nooks and crannies, the, 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 the little stuff that, um, we, we have to, but, uh, as I said, if you enjoy the episode, give it a share, um, feel free to leave a review and we will see you on the other side. We are back in action. Reese Dizzle. Is that what am I allowed to say that? Reese Dizzle? Is that the new name? Is I it? don't know. It's pretty it's pretty poor. Yeah, we'll need to we'll need to rework that one. It's pretty it? poor by me. I usually put Dizzle on a lot of on at the end of a lot of things, but I think Reese Dizzle doesn't fucking work. No. I'll probably I'll agree with you on that one. <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. But we're back in the den. We're here. Yeah, so um hopefully we have a new studio coming soon. We're kind of putting some work in, in the background trying to make something happen. So Hopefully we can kind of get that going and uh, it might, I don't know what if, it would definitely add to what we do. I think on a video, from a video perspective it will, but. For people in the land of the YouTubes. Yes, but we are currently in the tech month. So basically over the next month we had Ian Kaplan last week who is the product development guru at Hybrid Performance, Hybrid Legacy kind of works on all their back-end tech, a lot of the coding, a lot of the kind of creating networks in the background that gives them better insights when it comes to their apparel, their products, everything they produce. And it was a really good conversation. He, you know, dove deep into, um, I guess, why technology is important and how individuals should be leveraging it. Um, Today, what I wanted to talk to you about and, and... I guess bring some light to the people that are listening is how the everyday business owner, you know, the small business owner can start leveraging technology within their company. And it's probably a good place to kick it, kick it off. How do you leverage and what are some of the technologies that you use and, and kind of the, I guess the reason why you use them, not doesn't necessarily need to be the, the actual technologies, but some of the things you're trying to achieve with technology in your business. I think the most obvious one is, and I'll start with the why first before with the what. Um, Technology is something that you can use a lot in the element of nurturing, right? It allows you to create a more valuable service in post-purchase and it allows your clients to have a more smooth um, journey throughout whatever product you're offering them. So 
that's essentially the why I use most of the technologies I use is to make sure that it's a smoother uh, client journey and they can enjoy the process, you know, quote unquote, the process better. Um, not so much yet on the client acquisition side of things, but more so on the actual nurturing. So mostly we use a lot of stuff when it comes to email marketing. We create different email lists uh, specific to the coach. So, you know, within the business that I have, we have multiple coaches um, and sub brands within each coach. So our overarching brand is, uh, is a little different to what each coach offers uh, individually. Um, obviously just the, the systems are the same, but the way of which they coach is different. So we've obviously built out uh, character types uh, that better suit each coach. And then we nurture these people through email marketing, through different lists um, that also doubles up as text marketing at the moment as well. Um, essentially one is like reminders to do their check-ins too, is like education specific to that demographic. So once a week they'll get stuff that is specific to their goal set and their goal set is defined by the coach they're with. Um, that helps us just create a lot of context to the service we're providing, why it's important that we track all the stuff that we do, all the metrics that we care about. Um, and I guess to be a bit proactive, um, if we use, for example, like some of the female clients that we work with um, come from a background of eating disorders and so on. So we get proactive on like, okay, what weight gain actually means, what, why you shouldn't be scared of the scales, all this kind of stuff that allows us to stay ahead of the curve and again, just keep clients longer. Cool. And so you're using uh, like these emails and texts as just pure education week to week, kind of obviously based on those character types with um, the different coaches that you have on board. Um, and you're just, you're doing that as like a, I guess, an added value. Yeah, it's added value. It's, again, it's, per, it's perceived value as well. It allows them to think that there's more contact than there really is. Now, granted, again, the contact points between each coach is different, right? The way I do my contact is a little bit different to some of the others. However, it just allows them to create more relationship, have more open conversations because each piece of content that we send through either through text or email creates another conversation that creates, you know, more questions and thus a better outcome. Yeah, awesome. And, and I think like there's probably two things that my mind goes to with that is like, uh, you know, <laughs> value is psychological. That's the first one. So, um, you know, value is perceived mm -hmm. and that ranges from each individual that you deal with, right? So by character typing with you guys, you guys can probably start to, you know, really hone in on um, that, you know, what that particular character type might value um, above all else. Uh, and, and I guess one of the, and, and you know, obviously it would take a fucking ton of time, right, for each individual coach to be sending that out individually. And, and I guess that's a, a really kind of key lesson when it comes to technology, right, is it's economies of scale. Like it, it does give you back more time and allows you to achieve more literally probably at the click of a button. Um, In this example, man, it allows us um, to, as long as we understand our client, like our individual character type or the archetype of the character and what their journey mm -hmm. is, we can almost predetermine the journey that they go on, right? That if they learn this first and then it's sequential, they learn this, 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 we know that by week four, five or six, they've already tackled and, and overcome the problems that are about to come. And, and okay, so, so this isn't just something that you decide on at the start of the week. You're talking about actually building out a customer journey mm -hmm. and uh, like, you know, week one, they get this, week two and then so on. Yeah, awesome. So, and then you're trying to deliver education that's going to preempt some of the problems that they could potentially face at, at any particular time. Correct. How much does this tie in with your system? 
a lot, right? So <laughs> this is probably one of the other pieces of uh, technology. Like it's no secret in the um, you know the inner circles of EV that I'm the systems dude, and I fucking create some cool shit. Um, so it just allows us, like with the systems we use and what I've created through like Google Drive and Sheets and so on, allows us to track all the metrics and you know see what's going on from sleep, stress, digestion, all the you know biofeedback stuff, um, and then kind of what. All that, all that system, right? If we reverse engineer this, right? The systems has allowed us to create this journey, right? So having this system in place by creating this technology of doing all these check-in systems and so on, it's allowed us to look back over the last however many clients, you know, and see, all right, what's actually happened at what point in their journey and create some sort of average scale and then provide answers to that before it happens. Uh, and that's, you know, like, again, for somebody listening to that and going, wow, you know, because like... Even myself, I'm like, that's that's pretty cool. Cause, but I think that that really is what technology allows you to do, right? And and I was gonna say, my, you know, before the second thing that is really important is the data. Mm-hmm. Like, data is the most most underutilized um, asset when it comes to um, running a business that I see. You know, most people just they just overlook it. They're like trying to rely on subjectivity. Why is this person not getting a result? Why do they feel this way? Why why aren't they, you know? Why aren't they checking in? And it's just like all of these kind of subjective thoughts are going in our head. And, you know, I look at, um, you know, we teach obviously, um, you know, one of our core, the core aspirations that anyone has in business is stability. And we kind of use that as uh, a level in a sense that, you know, if somebody hasn't achieved stability yet, they need stability before they can move on to these other aspirations. But stability for me is about creating uh, strategic assets. It's about going, okay, you know, I want to create a plan uh, that is going to um, give me future benefit. That's, you know, a strategic asset. An asset is something that gets you future benefit, something that's strategic is long-term thinking in a sense. And, you know, for me, there's there's a couple of strategic assets that you need to have in place. There's product, and that's like having a really deep understanding of your product. And we kind of teach these three core levels. Um, but really, the the main thing is uh, is understanding your your product psychologically. It just changes the way that you you know, like you're saying, building out the product. What does the actual product look like? And you know, building out this customer journey. Uh, and because you understand this, the products, um, your customers psychologically, you can build that out. It's kind of what you were just talking, and it's a mixture of a few different things. Brand is another big one. Um, brands are a strategic asset that you know it doesn't necessarily pay you dividends tomorrow or get you direct leads or money or anything like that but it is something that as it gets stronger it gives you future benefit you know these mental structures that you're and associations you're creating in your customers minds um, you know they almost make future marketing more effective in a sense right so it's like it's getting you that that ROI for the future and then the last one is business intelligence. And, and for me, business intelligence, we teach a bit of a system, right? It's a basic system, but that's not what the, you know, that's just like something we've created to make it digestible for people and, and something they can start with. But business intelligence really is the insights that you create through tracking data and then the conversion of that data into something meaningful. And it's the something meaningful. That's the keeper. That's the that's what makes it intelligence, right? Like if I'm fighting a fucking war, mm-hmm. you know, what makes something, you know, uh, intelligence is, you know, potentially um, 
a soldier running to me. I'm thinking Gallipoli here, but it's like a soldier running to me and telling who's been behind enemy lines for the last three weeks. He's giving me all this fucking insight, right? And and then I'm taking that and then you know uh, creating insights from it. And that's that's really what intelligence is. So if we kind of relate that back to business, what we're really looking at as business intelligence is your business is always trying to talk to you, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Whether you're listening or not is a different story, but that's what these systems do. And, and the reality is is that a lack of technology means a lack of data, and that means that you're lacking a strategic asset that could potentially be guiding you uh, on how to create a better product, more effective marketing, uh, you know, uh, fucking closing more sales, whatever it is that you know, you're trying to do and trying to achieve. Uh, the reality is, is that uh, business intelligence will create part of the nervous system that will allow you to you know make better decisions and when you look at like coming back to scalability through technology if you can allow the technology that you use whether it be app development whether it be systems whether it be email marketing whatever it is whatever this technology whatever you're bringing this technology in for should allow you to create better insights better smart decisions the you know the stuff that matters yeah, 100%. So let's get back to this, right? So we're, we're sending out texts, we're sending out emails, creating the customer journey based on feedback you're getting from previous check-ins, from previous clients on their customer journey. Uh, and that is allowing you to deliver personalized uh, journeys based on these archetypes, based on the coach they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's where like we've just had to get really solid with the branding and the sub-branding between coaches, right? The branding overarching is, we well, yeah, okay, cool. We deal with these kind of people that have these kind of expectations, but then each coach obviously has their strong point and we know that they attract a specific type of client. Um, and the one thing that, you know, we're, we still got to put into the works is just that consistent um, coming back to the drawing board of looking at this, this client journey because obviously we've just got data that's built up over time. This was the average, this is the journey that, we, uh, we deemed appropriate for the client to kind of take as an education pathway and be proactive on their problems, but that changes, right? The more advanced um, the client comes in, the, the, you know, or the more uh, beginner they come in, the journey may change, so that average would change. So we do need to uh, consistently come back to the drawing board, and thankfully technology does make that easy to just kind of make some changes and sw- swap things in and out that may be from other parts of other people's or other archetypes' journeys. Um, and then that's that's one part of like the big big part of like technology and like leverage through there that helps us just become a better service because we can just stay ahead of the eight ball or at least try to be. Um, and it just mostly helps with a lot of the emotional side of things because we can come back and go, all right, cool, you learnt this a few weeks ago, remove the emotion, let's come back to logical. Here's the answer. There's not much of a problem here. You don't need to stress. Um, and then the other uh, big technology kind of play that we're looking at um, going through is a... And app development, we're doing that as well. So that will just allow us to create another point of value or a value ladder more so, so that we have a, uh, you know, our premium coaching, which is, you know, working one-to-one with the coach, doing the whole this check-in system and so on. But we're going to have a slightly lesser model that will allow people to go through the Lionstone system and what we do, but without as much contact to a coach. Yeah, so, and I think that's like, you know, a lot of the, I guess the technology side of it there for you is, is, product driven right it's like it's not necessarily acquisition driven and although i think you know if you've got a good enough product a lot of the time that drives acquisition for you we don't we don't have 
currently, touch wood, we don't have any problems with acquisition. Now that's through a lot of brand equity, right? We've built up brand over the last you know eight years that's allowed us to create this pretty smooth acquisition pathway. However, that time will, you know, the time will come where we do need to push harder on acquisition and it will come in ebbs and flows and that's fine. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So, okay, what about some of the, obviously we, we obviously coach business owners and, and we help a lot of business owners. So what are some of the technologies that you're um, introducing to some of uh, you know our, our clients and, and customers and homies that we work with? I think coming back down to basics is the art of visualization, teaching people to actually see, not just learn something, but map it out in front of them. So we've been implementing a lot of like, what would you call them, little chart-based learnings or educations. Um, that's not a word. Mind mapping. Mind mapping, there we go. That's what you're here for. Got all the good words. Um, <laughs> Not so really. We've got um, we've we've been putting implementing a lot as far as mentoring calls with like mind mapping, actually creating, um, creating individualized specific systems based on the uh, principles we teach. So the thing with principles is they're malleable, right? This is the core of the thing. This is what builds the house. But how you build around that is different, right? Everyone can have a different house if they have the same frame. Doesn't matter what you put on. Like the really, the inside is the thing that keeps it up, right? So we teach people in a way to actually visualize this through a mind mapping system that allows them to map this out in a way that makes sense to them, their business, add context and really loop it back into really what they want to achieve. Um, and then probably the big one, the most notable one would just be a system of tracking the metrics of cash flow and intelligence combined, uh, which I think you could probably touch on a little bit better than myself. Yeah, so I think like when it comes like, Initially, some of the technologies, you know, obviously we use Lucidchart to help people build out acquisition systems and they're kind of going through and they have to, based on the, the frameworks and principles we're teaching, they have to go through and actually map those out. But I think, you know, if we're actually looking, you might even start at acquisition, right? Like a lot of the acquisition technologies that you're going to be using is like understanding that when you've got a website in place, the website's going to have a lot of data and then you can use that data along with the sequence of data points that you may have or, or kind of platforms that you use, right? So if I'm using Squarespace as an example for my website, I can track pages, I can track button clicks, website downloads, I can track all of these types of things and then I can start to, you know, track potentially... Um, we could track link clicks on Instagram. That's another form of technology that we can use. We've got Linktree that now gives us all of these um, technology points. Um, we can also track, you know, forms that are filled out if they're going from form to email list, whatever it is that, you know, whatever the journey is. At every point of that journey, what technology allows you to do is actually track data, right? And it's like, okay, so I can check how many people have hit my link tree. I can check what link uh, they're clicking the most. I can then look at, um, you know, if they're going to a website, I can go where they're spending the most time on the page. What's that page converting at? Because we can look at traffic compared to people that have actually filled out a form or clicked a button, whatever it is. And then from there, you know, we can go into email list. We can look at open rates. We can look at link clicks in there. We can look at calls book videos watched all of these different types of things and and that's really you know when it comes to customer acquisition like you know we, we kind of have this understanding that customer acquisition is about gathering more attention right so we need to get more attention to these open points of 
um, where people can actually view what it is we do. So that's like our social medias, you know, all these kind of things. And from there, we need to then nurture. So we need to go, okay, we're either going to nurture somebody on that same platform, which might be through like stories and, you know, more posts and these kind of things. It could be an email list, okay? So we need to be able to get a good gauge on how engaged is our email list if we're nurturing through there. Um, you know, there's, and then there's podcasts, right? Which is another form of nurturing in our opinion. You know, podcasts is a great, it's like the new form blogs in a sense. You know, Massively, you, man. Massively. Blogs are done and dusted now other than for seo purposes yeah they don't they don't offer a nurturing prospect anymore. yeah 100 percent. but it's like you know w- what we can do and then you know you've got nurture and then you've got convert right so convert is like you know where are they purchasing right and you know this is this this system has to meet obviously your capacity in terms of what you understand but it also has to combine that with your customers um and what your you know what's the psychological need for them. So if you're charging a high rate, there needs to not only, you know, there needs to be a perceived value there. So it's, you know, and and if that's not already created through social media and you don't have that like kind of big following and these kind of things, that means you have to create some type of perception of value. If um, considering all things are equal with that your service is actually competent, then, you know, beyond that, there has to be some types of perceived value there that, you know, if you have to get some, you know, again, if you're charging a high rate, they're probably not just going to click and and purchase to some extent. They're going to need to have some type of trust. So, and then the perceived value comes on the back end. So, but the reality is, is that without technology, we can't see how we're performing at any one of these touch points. You know, I can't see how we're performing at attention. I can't see how we're performing at a nurture. I can't see how we're performing at convert. And, you know, we teach a business intelligence system, right, which is basically understanding that, you know, there's a top-down mentality where you can set key outcomes, reverse engineer, track, you know, critical KPIs for that at key outcome, uh, and then use strategies to drive those KPIs. And what we're really doing is marrying strategies or the relationship, looking at the relationship between strategies and key outcomes. And that's probably what most people do. It's like, oh, I want to achieve 100 grand, or I want to achieve, you know, I want to get 10 sales this month and I'm going to use this strategy. And then when it doesn't work, they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to, I might just try to hit another key outcome. Oh, man. I might try to hit another key outcome. And then what ends up happening, right, is like because there's no, they don't, they, they can't see progress and they don't know where to look, it's like they're just trying something new. Mm-hmm. That's preaching to the choir, man. Like the, the amount of times I have conversations with people that are, use a really perfect example, right? They're using marketing they're sinking some money into this marketing to create a, a wider reach and so on that's fine and the metrics you receive again this is a tech this is a point of technology technological scale right so great cool that gives us the metrics that let's say you put an ad out it it did shit nothing came back from it got a decent reach but no conversions right that doesn't mean you just need to add more money right and this is a conversation i have all the time it's that top down mentality okay look at the type of ad that you ran learn how to decipher the metrics that you get from that into valuable data that can actually move forward right because there's no point having the technology there to tell you that you got all this stuff right reached x amount of people this many clicks blah 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 without actually figuring out where that where it went wrong and when it comes to the game of marketing right and i don't want to get into the the marketing you know conversation because it's fucking huge but marketing very simple it doesn't come down to just what you spend what you put out there, the message you send, where it sends to, right, 
where it redirects. There's so many like moving cogs in this machine. Um, money is the last of the problems, just sinking more in for the sake of it. Will be the outcome if you don't understand how to actually decipher the technology you're using. Yeah, hundred percent. And then like point of purchase, right? Like data is really important there. Like, you know, point of purchase is one of the most important, right, elements of a business. It's probably, you know, I would probably say second behind post-purchase. Um, but it it's goes very, very close because it's the bridge between post-purchase and pre-purchase, right? So getting that right and having that spot on, but it's like, you know, the reality is the difference between 50% conversion and 70% is a fucking ton of money, right? Like if you're selling a thousand dollar programs uh, and let's say you're, you know, you get a hundred people uh, through and you add a, you know, a hundred people get to the landing page um, example and 50% buy, right? That's $50,000. The difference between 50% and 70% is 50 thousand dollars to 70 so it's twenty thousand dollars you do that over 12 months yeah, it's nearly two hundred and forty thousand dollars mm-hmm. okay so you know we're talking a quarter of a million dollars so that's just a prime example of what a conversion rate can do and basically you know technology allows you to remove friction at that point but then the data that you get on the background you know like think about it right like somebody can literally click linktree calendly pay you for a consult or pay for your time three clicks and somebody is literally <laughs> purchasing from you that is low friction okay and and it's not to say that that's the only way you should be doing it again the psychology of value comes into it you know what's your price points what are you trying to charge what are you trying to cre- what perception are you trying to create around the brand what aligns with your brand more um, but you know low friction points is really important technology allows that compared to the old sales model where somebody has to come in and see you three times bef- and chat to you on the phone and all this kind of stuff, right? You just said it there, man. It's the old sales model because that's what people had to rely on back before technology was a thing or was at the scale that it is now. You had to build no like and trust factors through just time spent with that person or time spent on the phone, etc. cetera. Um, and this is one of the big advantages of where technology comes into play if you aren't jumping on the bad wagon to at least capitalize on some form of technology to create more scale or autonomy in your business, you're going to get left behind very quickly. 100%. I definitely agree with that. Um, and then again, like the, it really is just about the data, right? Like that is the absolute strategic asset that you're missing out on if you're not leveraging uh, what you need to. And then, you know, post-purchase, we obviously talked about how, what you just talked about then, Reese, right? Which was like, the, just think about the level of kind of critical thinking that has gone into your customer journey, and you know the you know, you can't you you constantly using feedback from data as well as obviously obviously subjective feedback from the client itself to iterate what the customer journey looks like to create you know this kind of product that in the end is more optimal continuously over time. Yeah, and that, and this is the thing. If I if I looked at that right, this is where I said where we need to double down on this and do more work on it to rehash that journey because as i said the journey will change the data will change and the direction of which our individual clients will need to go will alter now where where we could come into problems if we leave things as they are and for now they're working but like anything things shit changes um what we would run into is where people are now coming into problems either earlier or later in their journey and going well fuck i don't know how to deal with this and then that's fine, they don't know how to deal with it. We can educate them on the spot. But what that does takes time away from the coach to actually coach or 
you know, and to put it simply, the more time a trainer is spent answering questions that are just so small or things that can be just really easily understood elsewhere, the less time they can provide the service that actually gets a result. And, and this is a really key lesson, right? This is the difference between running a business on your own mm-hmm. where you're just willing to give away time and, and kind of willy-nilly. I don't like for people that aren't Australian, that means kind of like just doing whatever the whim, fuck you want. Just on a whim, yeah. But, but basically, this is the difference between running a business on your own and then hiring staff. And and the, the key word here is gross margin, mm-hmm. right? Because you're paying a coach for their hours when, you're, when you've got a business, right? And it's a service and a coaching service and you're hiring coaches. You're paying that coach not, you know, uh, you, for their time. It's different to fucking having a, you know, an apparel brand where, you know, your cost to reproduce another single unit is the materials and, and the, the machinery. It's the same every time. Exactly. Or it gets better the more you buy. Different story when it comes to more clients. Generally, if you're not managing this shit on the background, the more time, the more it costs. And that's your gross margin. Yeah. And your gross margin is the biggest lever that you can pull in business at any one point in time because it's the thing that you control the most. Like, you control what you charge and you can you control what you pay a coach. Mm-hmm. And it's a it, it, honestly like this is the the mindset shift that comes is like okay well if technology gives me the ability to pull down my gross margin, right? Because I don't have to pay my you know the coach maybe the time they're spending with a, a client is one hour a week instead of two. The reality is is that that is the difference between a well-oiled machine and a company that is you know profitable, right, or highly profitable compared to one that isn't and. We used an example before of like, you know, the difference between 50 and 70% profit margins, right? Gross margin is the lever you pull when you want to become more profitable. And, you know, we're talking the difference between fucking 80% gross margins and 85% gross margins is the difference between 10 and 15% net margins, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, we've got to factor in all of our other expenses. So gross margin is the lever that you can control. I can just increase prices that gives me a greater gross margin i can decrease what we pay the coach or our you know our um time spent with a customer which then brings down my gross margins which means that naturally my net margin is going to move and the difference between um 10 10 net margin and 15 percent net margin is 50 percent more cash in the bank right like you know this is the difference between your business bringing in a thousand bucks a week in profit and 1500 and like over the course of a year, right, we're talking fucking big money. Like that's, you know. And then you're talking at a small scale there. Yeah, like the, the triple, scale goes. Triple the scale. Like if you're profiting $5,000, you know, uh, a week and, you know, you increase that profit margin from 10% to fi- uh, 15%, we're talking an extra 5K a week. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, fuck, you know, like crazy. That's 20 grand a month. Yep. Right, twenty grand a month, two hundred and four. That's another quarter of a million dollars, yeah. and, and that's the scale that you have to understand that scale. And and you know this is again why technology is important and how it can be leveraged. But you know that's a it's a really good example of how you've taken customer, you know, a customer's psychological needs, use data to get a better insight into what they're going to go through psychologically. And not only can you leverage that for your marketing and, and you kind of pre-purchase, which, you know, you said you're doing, you know, most of it is um, you don't have any problems there, but you're now leveraging it post-purchase and, and uh, you know, potentially um, not only obviously delivering a world-class product, but actually bringing down, you know, your gross margin so that your net margin is improving. 
And I just want to I just want to highlight for the the listeners at home that conversation, gross margins, percentages, and stuff. Right for the average PT, that might just be holy shit, overwhelm. Right, switch flicks off. Right now, this stuff here is the difference between running a fucking business and being just having a job and just having a job. Right, and again, I I say this all the time, but the difference between understanding business and you know, you'll notice here that we don't you know we talk to some pretty smart dudes in the fitness industry often. But we don't sit here and you know make business about just being a great PT because being educated in the science stuff it's great it builds your foundation but understanding how to become a profitable business is completely different and again like you said the difference in that percentage could be an extra five hundred dollars in the bank account in profit every week right that's just on the table that's if you if you don't understand these numbers you don't understand the terminologies that's what you're leaving on the table and like you know. 110% with exactly what you said. And the, the difference in not having that could be the difference in whether or not you get to achieve your personal goals. Like, you know, this is like most people want to buy a house. Most people want to do all this kind of shit, right? You ask someone, everybody's got this aspiration, this vision that they want to achieve, right? And the difference between you actually achieving all of those things and only some of them and being mediocre and being great is potentially leaving that money on the table. And the second thing that you said... or It's not even potential, man. It's on the table. It's on the table, right? And and like, you know, definitely. And, and the thing that you said as well is like, you know, this is the difference between being a great business owner and a great PT. And it's like, you know, or a great coach or having a fucking enough knowledge and skill set and stuff. And it's like, that stuff is, is important. Like, we know that. But what's also important is understanding this stuff. Like, most people don't, wouldn't know what their gross margins are and but and and that's the lever that you can control at any one point in time i can control how much i make from a customer because i'm charging them and i can control how much it costs me to produce my service because that's within my control it's an expense right and most people do not know this most people do have no idea that that is a lever that you can pull at any one point in time because they don't even know what the fuck gross margins is and this kind of comes back to, you know, this is a bit of a different topic outside of technology, but, you know, this is the difference between just simply oversimplifying business, right? And I get it, like, it needs to be digestible, but oversimplifying business puts an absolute cap on your fucking potential. It inhibits you, right, from, it puts a ceiling on your thought process on what is actually possible. This is why most fuck the, the measuring stick for success of most business owners is around that hundred K mark. And it's like a hundred K is, is it's, it's a great achievement, right? But damn, you want to know and you want to be able to move beyond that, right? Because a hundred K in this day and age is not going to fucking, it's not going to give you much freedom. It's, it's not going to get you to, to, um, be able to build this legacy that most people come into the industry wanting to build. Yeah, and well, I, I would disagree a little bit, tiny little bit, right? If you're making 100K off a completely automated system through technology, you got the freedom. But if you're putting it in, now this is where that, that oversimplification of PT business leads people back into that time for money trap where the only option they can do is just give more time because they don't, they, they have a very small-minded uh understanding of what business is and the only thing that is the you know on face value man i've fucking done this on face value the most simple thing to to give is just your time 100 percent. Right? like it's the fucking you know like the reality is is you're limited by your education like you know if you don't know how these things in business how can you ever pull these levers how can you ever make these decisions you know how can you even know that what's possible or what you can potentially do in these different situations and as i said like you know the harsh reality is is that 
you know, you said something before. What if you've got a business that does 100K that's fully automated? It's like, yeah, well, if people are starting there, like, fuck, I'm giving them a round of applause, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm fucking, I'm like, where is this motherfucker? Who is he? And like, let's get him on the podcast. But, you know, the reality is, is most people get to 100K from simply selling their time. Like 95% of the industry, most people that are listening to this. And it's like, the the hardest thing is that if you're purely focusing on skill set, yeah, you can leverage your time. You could probably charge more. But at the end of the day, you're still... There's you're a, just pushing back this fucking inevitable problem. Exactly. Right? There's a point of diminishing return then. There's like, there is only so far you can escalate price before people start asking questions because if you don't have the back-end systems, technology or so on, or the, the core idea and understanding of your product that actually allows post-purchase value, there is, a, there is a cap to how high you rise your price and ha- there is a cap to how much time you can offer. There is a cap to how many people you can start to pay until you start cutting into your profit margin to a point where you make nothing. 100%, right? And then, like, that's the thing that we're talking about the most here is, like, with this last little bit, you know, the the, the harsh nature is, right, <laughs> is that if you lack business education and you lack an understanding of the first principles of business, right, the, the principles, right, this is what allows you to think critically and laterally about your business, then there's going to come a point, right, where you are trapped, you're, there's a ceiling on your potential. You won't know what to do. You'll make mistakes and you'll kind of keep going down this path. And an oversimplification of business does that. That is like, it, it, I just can't stress this enough. The, the rate limiter on how far you can go is by how much you know about business. The thing that's been, you know, that's allowed me to kind of grow, that's allowed you to grow, that has allowed anyone else to grow that I know that I've worked with, that you know and you've worked with is their business, like their skill set, like that's a non-negotiable. Like, yes, put that in the fucking backpack, keep it there, keep building upon it. But the rate limiter on what you can achieve and how far you can take this, you know, your legacy and what, you know, your potential in business is fucking your business education. That's why people hire coaches, mentors and these types of things. People, you know, or kind of assets in a sense, okay? So, you know, I mean, a bit of a tangent there, but, you know, technology is one of those things. It's put in that box, like it's it's... You know, how you leverage technology within your business, your coaching service, what you're offering is purely dependent upon how well you know how to use it. Like I know plenty of people using technology, but they're not leveraging it, right? Like they're they're using a technology. They're using like these, you know, they're using technology to deliver a service, but they're not reaping the rewards and benefits that actually comes with having technology, which a lot of the times comes from the intelligence that it provides. Absolutely. And look, it's just, it's not even up for opinion, debate, whatever. It's fact, right? Moving forward in any industry, not just fitness, technology is going to become almost a default uh, assumption mm. by clients. There mm. needs to be some sort of you know, technology within the business for you to create long-term scale and long-term longevity, just period. Yeah, it's, it's funny, right? Because it's like, you know, if we look at where social media is going, it's like we're consistently putting these... Uh, these blocks on how long people watch, mm-hmm. you know, for it's like, you know, fucking t- TikTok, 15 seconds. Like it's coming, it's becoming less and less, you know, the, the it's becoming harder and harder to keep people engaged for a longer period of time, right? So, you know, fucking if it, like in five years time, if you don't have technology that makes it fucking easy for somebody to, uh, use your service and to, to you know and there's less friction and and all these types of things the reality is is that you know 
competition exists on different levels and people don't fucking understand this. Like if I was to walk into a gym tomorrow and ask every, you know, let's say I walked into a good life or something of that nature and I said, okay, Peter, Peter the PT, who's, tell me who your competition is. He's going to say, Alex, Susan, Jared. Yep. Who are they? They're the other PTs at the gym. Or I go up to fucking Mike, six-pack Mike, and I say, Mike, the online coach, <laughs> who is your competition, right? And Mike's going to say, other online coaches. Mm-hmm. And then you go, to, you go to the owner of Netflix and you ask him, hey, Reed Hoffman, who's your competition? Who's Netflix's biggest competition? He says sleep, mm-hmm. right? Netflix's biggest competition is sleep. And it tells us that competition exists on different levels, right? And this is, this is the, the narrow mindset, the, a lack of understanding of business will fucking just trap you, right? It's just going to keep you where you are because no, your only competitors aren't PTs, aren't online coaches, aren't other chiropractors, aren't other fucking educators, whatever it is. The competition exists on many different levels, right? Like, yeah, when it comes to competition for fucking personal trainers, yes, other personal trainers are going to be your competition, maybe in the at local f- area. At face value. At yeah. face value, in, yeah. the, in, the other er- in the local area. But what about, you know, when we start to move down the scale? What if there's a, you know, there's an, uh, a, a, a coach that potentially, um, you know, uh, is offering and fulfilling the same need Right, as somebody as as you are, right? This need for self confidence, right? That they they might not get from um, you as a health and fitness coach, but they might get it from a mindset coach, right? Because at the end of the day, that you know, they might as long as it's fulfilling that need, that psychological need, they're going to be using it, and then potentially we move down the line again. I can give you a really easy example, and it's maybe a touch controversial, right? So, a PT. Yes, face value competition is other personal trainers, right? But psychologically, for a personal trainer, competition is body positivity. The need or the, the I guess, understanding or expectation where people start to fall into this, this thought process where they don't need to change. That's competition. If they, if they no longer see the need to change, a personal trainer becomes null and void. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, you got form, right? So, like, you know, if we look at form, it's like, okay, well, somebody wants to lose weight, potentially, what, what's stopping them from using Peloton? Mm-hmm. You know, what's stopping them from just buying a bike? You know, that, this is the harsh reality. It's like, and the, 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 the important thing to understand here, right, is that and the, the last level, and this is, again, the last, re- the last level of competition is resource, Humans have limited resources, mm-hmm. right? We don't have unlimited time. We don't have unlimited money. So my, you know, if I'm got a thousand dollars a week to spend, you know, maybe I'm spending that fucking money instead of spending it on a personal trainer. I'm spending it on fucking Jenny Craig, mm-hmm. or Light and Easy, or you know, maybe I'm spending it on fucking. Maybe I'm actually spending it on partying. Mm. Maybe priorities. I'm spending it on Priority, go- priorities. Yeah. Can be the competition. Like you know, I think just to sum this up, right? Competition is. You know, all, it doesn't exist, but it also exists everywhere in many avenues, right? So what I mean by that is you can't treat every um, you know, play that you make in business to be thought of like, oh, who's my competition? What are they going to do? Like, fucking stay in your lane. Focus on you. Do what you got to do, and then you'll get ahead in the, in the right direction. You'll, you'll head in the right way. But you also need to understand that competition is everywhere in the element of psychological factors, needs, 
you know requirements priorities and so on so you know it's no it's not just a one you know single factor thing yeah like and, and it, it, you gotta like the reason we're mentioning competition is because it's going to influence your decision mm-hmm. like you know it, this is the difference between you choosing you know a great technology and a not great technology or not so great technology you know like you're not looking at competition and then basing every move on that you've got to be authentic to yourself but the reality is is that if you think Peloton and these other kind of technology companies such as Tonal and these these kind of really high-tech AI-driven fucking home gyms and things that you can do in your home aren't going to affect your service and potential people that are going to think that are potential people that are going to sign up with you, then you, you think you, you're not thinking uh, clearly because if money is what people spend on health and fitness, yes, they're going to be they they could potentially spend that money somewhere else, and they might not even be spending on health and fitness. They could be spending on fucking holidays. Mm-hmm. If you got three grand a year left over and you've got a choice, and you think, oh. What do I spend this on? Do I spend it on a holiday or do I spend it on a, Some a personal yeah, trainer? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the difference and that's who you're marketing to. Now, obviously, we've got to bring this back. It depends on your niche. It depends on your customers and their psychological needs and this is why it's important to unpsych- understand your clients psychologically so that you can start to sway the ships. You know, like think about how, you know, we've, we've just talked about technology and we've also talked about competition. We've also talked about product and, and all these things, but think about how they are all strategic assets that are influencing your marketing, your pre-purchase, your per- your purchase, your post-purchase, that whole experience and how it, it ties in together. And that really, if we kind of bring this back to technology, that is the power of technology and what it can do for your business. Man, if like, you oh, you did pretty well to tie that all in together. Fair effort. <laughs> we, went, we went in plenty of directions there, man. But you look at any business, man, any big business, it's like, you know, quote-unquote successful. Now, yes, that's objective. Put it in whatever terms you want. But any biz- big business that is turning a high profit, they're not sitting around carving shit in stone. They're working with technology. They're making things efficient and they're making shit easy for them to make sure that they can scale at a higher rate, period. Get the fuck into technology. Just do it. Get the fuck into it. <laughs> All right, guys. Cool episode. I think, um, you know, we're two episodes into tech month now, um, which is... It's cool. It's fucking what we want. Um, we want to kind of... Well, I've been talking about it for a while. Reese fucking has been doing it for a while. So we wanted to make sure uh, that you guys... Uh, and bring a month full of tech gurus, tech conversations, how you can leverage technology in your business to gain com- competitive advantage, create more profits, all of the above, the, the good stuff. Um, so keep tuning in and there'll be more to come. Thanks, guys. Bye. I just want to say a big thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the show. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, feel free to share us, share the episode with your friends and family and Feel free to leave us a review as well. Uh, you know, we all the support that we get for the for the show, and especially now that we've revamped it, uh, we're trying to bring something that's got a little bit more value. It's definitely appreciated. And if you have a question uh, for strategy sessions next week, you want us to take a bit of a deep dive and help you work through some of the roadblocks in your business, or you just want some help creating some winning strategy, you can shoot me an email at kyle at elitevitalitycoaching.com. 
But I'll leave it there. Until next week, stay safe, stay, stay, stay healthy, uh, and I'll see you on the other side.